There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Excellent. Awesome. Welcome to Jeff and Jen's Fake or For Real. You ready to win? I'm going to try. All right. Let's see what you can do here. Is the real winning? College student busted with fake ID that said he was 64. Is it B, a teenager who looks like he was 12, was caught impersonating a doctor? Or C, 45-year-old man files for divorce after finding out his 50-year-old wife was actually 73? I think it's A. No. <laughs> oh, no. I think it's B. B? Which did you B? say? Okay, we'll go with B. Yes, yes, B. Nice recovery. You got it. I've heard a lot of stories about people impersonating police officers, even doctors. But it's a lot harder to pull off when you look like you're 12. Mm-hmm. Not that long ago, a baby-faced 17-year-old was caught impersonating a physician's assistant in Corpus Christi, Texas. His name is Zachary Bailey, and he worked... In- I put worked in quotations. He worked at a hospital for about a month last year before people finally realized this is just a kid wearing scrubs. That's wow. my nephew's name. I this story it. is kind of really uh, freaking me a little because I'm not unconvinced he would pull something like this off. But wouldn't he be a fake fireman? He would be a fake fireman. Yeah. 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 100%. <laughs> He's well, the uh, Zachary pleaded guilty a few months back, but it was not a one-time thing. He's like the Doogie Hauser of con men. Oh, what? That's- he was just arrested again in Oklahoma on Sunday, and in his mugshot, like, he could honestly pass for 12. Wow. But he's in trouble now for allegedly defrauding a dealership of more than $100,000. And that's a problem because he was on a deferred sentence from the case when he was pretending to be a doctor. Mm. So after he was arrested, officials said that authorities in other states are still interested in speaking with Zachary about impersonating doctors. And another incident where he was found driving an old police car and was planning to impersonate an officer. Wow. For the record, Zachary did an interview with a nurse on social media earlier this year, and he claimed the hospital situation was just a big misunderstanding and that he never meant to pretend to be a doctor. He said he was just 
observing a workplace because he was interested in possibly pursuing medicine as a career. He said he never actually treated anyone, but he did save someone's life who was having a stroke in the hospital parking lot. He took him into the ER because he had access, but who knows? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. What uh-huh. a crazy that is story. Nuts. But there's surveillance photos of him at the hospital without his scrubs and one with scrubs. And yes, he passed for a doctor. Wow. Scary. Crazy. Yeah. Me and my mother-in-law was just seeing, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a chiropractor. And she made the comment, she said, He's a child. <laughs> and he is a pretty young guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is I a strange place, it. I think, in life when you start seeing health practitioners that are younger than you. Because there's yeah. something that just feels kind of wrong about that. Yes. Especially when they're fresh out. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. All right. We've got second aid update coming up next. But first, another check on those roads. Uh, it's just been a mess this morning. And... Denise Johnson's going to walk you through it. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, about half hour, 40 minutes ago, we were talking about a, a teenager named Zachary Bailey who's been arrested again. Uh, a guy looks like he's 12 in his mugshot. But he's been caught impersonating a doctor, impersonating a cop, and defrauding a car dealership. And listener Amanda reminded me of that movie that Leonardo DiCaprio was in uh, called Catch Me If You, if you Can. can. That's yeah, a great movie. I remember that. Such a great movie. He was a con artist, wasn't he? Something. Yeah. yeah. So it's the it's the story based on the true story of Frank Abenali Jr., who worked as a doctor a lawyer, and even as a co-pilot for a major airline all before his 18th birthday. Yeah. He was a master of deception, a a brilliant forger whose skill gave him his first real claim to fame. At the age of 17, he became the most successful bank robber in the history of the U.S. And you may remember Tom Hanks was in that movie. He played FBI agent Carl Henratty, who makes it his prime mission to capture Frank and bring him to justice. But Frank is always like one step ahead of him. Don't you think you could have been a career criminal? Because, I mean, you won the Golden Shovel Award, did you not, in (laughs) high school? And you went to a pretty big school. So, you know, to be the one to get that, that's pretty impressive. Well, I used to sneak into TV stations, acting like I worked there. Did you really? Yeah, totally convinced, like, security uh, guards and how? front desk receptionists. How have I never heard this story before? Well, I mean, I never really pursued it beyond just kind of 
watching them do their thing. How old were you when you did this? Oh, junior high, probably. And what did you tell them? That you worked there? Oh, I wouldn't tell them anything. I would just carry in a fake briefcase and I would dress up nice. And I looked a little older for my age anyway. You had a beard at 12. And I would just go directly to the electronic door and they just assumed I worked there. And they'd buzz me oh in God. and I'd walk by and act <laughs> oh like I owned God. the place. <laughs> How have I never heard this story before? Uh, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think you did that? A handful, not that many. And how the hell did you get down there? Did your mom just drop you off and say <laughs> good luck? Did your mom ask you when you were going when you were twelve in a suit carrying yeah. a briefcase? Yeah. I. I. Uh, so here's what I would do: I would book these interviews with like local news anchors and stuff under the guise of you know I'm doing a school project. Uh-huh. And, I got to interview somebody for career day, and they would grant me the interview, so that would get me in the door. So I'd walk around the building, I'd take a tour, I'd shake hands, I'd get to know some of the people, and then after (laughs) I'd leave, I'd use the bathroom maybe before I was supposed to actually exit the building, but I just wouldn't leave the building. I'd start wandering around. That's awesome. (laughs) This kid thinks he works here now. Pretend I... Oh, and the thing is, it was easy to blend because they had had college-aged interns all the time. Oh, okay. These were big operations. You know, this is back before automation. There's so so many people. There were a couple hundred people in this one place and... It was just, just easy awesome. to get lost in the crowd. So you could kind of, as long as you didn't make a scene or a spectacle of yourself, you stayed yeah. out of the way, you stayed in the background, kind of blended in, which I'm really good at. Yeah. You could kind of watch the action, what was going on in the TV studios, oh, as funny. long as you weren't making a pest of yourself. And they just assumed that you, you were, were either, part of it. You were either an intern or you were just an observer. And as long as you didn't bother anybody or get in the way or disrupt something, uh-huh. funny. you could usually get away with it. Don yeah. brought his kid in again today. Yeah. He's sitting over there in the chair. I always tell my partner, Scott, though, because, like, we will get into some fun situations similar to you and Kristen. And right. I'm like, all you got to do is pretend like you're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And usually nobody will say anything to you. Yeah. Just pretend like you belong in the pit or backstage or at Wherever the TV you are. station. And people won't say anything to you because yeah. they'll even have that conversation. Well, it looks like he belongs here. I don't know. By the way, who's the, who's the kid in the hallway just standing? Yeah, I don't know. There? We've seen that before. Remember <laughs> oh. before they started giving out those visitor badges, we'd be like, "Oh, we thought they just worked here." Yeah. Now. yeah Jeff and I were here before you two showed up. It's <laughs> just some old dude walking <laughs> around. Remember that? Remember oh, that? Yeah. Wow, this is pretty neat. Like he's got his camera out, like he's on a like on a tour, or one something. man tour, <laughs> self guided. Nobody said anything to him. They thought he belonged. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's how I got into it. So when Kristen and I were in Paris this past February, we got into the, so the Ritz-Carlton, which is the hotel that was the last hotel the Princess Diana uh, was staying at with her boyfriend at the time, Dodie Fayette. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they don't let you wander around in that hotel unless you're staying there. Because yeah, they've got these very nicely dressed gentlemen who are trying not to seem imposing, but they definitely are because yeah. they're stopping looky-loo tourists from just wandering around the place because they've got a lot of celebrities and wealthy people who are mm-hmm. staying there and they don't want people with their cell phones out and that kind of thing. They're trying to maintain a sense of decorum. Sure. And th- we walked in, of course, to go to a bar that hadn't even opened yet, the, the so-called Ernest Hemingway Bar. Mm-hmm where Ernest Hemingway supposedly used to hang out way back in the day. They yeah. had the special cocktail. It's very hard to get a reservation, and we decided to attempt to drop in. And, of course, there's a couple of people ahead of us, and they got gently stopped and, excuse us, can we help you? And as we're witnessing this, 
I just took on this demeanor of pissed off and annoyed and in a hurry. And the gentleman who was standing to his left waved me right through. Oh, yeah. wow. Bonjour, monsieur. Welcome back, monsieur. <laughs> yeah, he looks like snooty American people. Let him in. He's got a lot of money. Which goes to show you how far acting pissed off and annoyed will get you in Paris. Yes, apparently. <laughs> That's how you fit in there. You gotta act That's like- how you get a seat at the table. That's right. Yeah. Now he's yeah. one of us. I know. I found my people. <laughs> It is 748 with Jeff and Jen at Cincinnati's Q102. And LOL is out. Yeah, it's it's Ege Bowl now. We'll explain. Yeah, also AI can now steal your password simply by listening to you type. That's pretty good. Welcome to Tuesday. The middle of August. Today is officially the middle of August. Okay, here we are. Smack dab in the middle. We're Jeff and Jen. I feel like it just started. I know. Cincinnati's Q102. Uh, This is a true story. We actually know who came up with the term LOL for laugh out loud. A guy in Canada by the name of Wayne Pearson was the first to use it back in the 1980s. He was in a chat room in the early days of the internet when a friend said that something really did make him laugh out loud. So he typed capital L, capital O, capital L. Hmm. And his friend asked what it meant, and other people in the room started using it. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, it's all over. The New York Times just did a story on how LOL is officially dead because young people have started using I-J-B-O-L. I-J-B-O-L. Which stands for, oh my God, I just burst out laughing. (laughs) I just burst out laughing. I just burst out laughing. Okay. Yeah, and the worst part is we're already pronouncing it wrong. Because instead of saying each letter, I-J-B-O-L, you're supposed to say each bowl. Now that's dumb. LOL sounds way better than each bowl. Well, I agree that it sounds I mean, each dumb. Each bowl just sounds dumb. But what's even dumber is it's not its not even a new term. It's been around for over a decade. But young people prefer it because it seems new. LOL, just they associate it with old. And because they associate terms like LOL and LMAO with millennial humor, not Gen Z humor, it's out. So... <laughs> There you go. I'm just going to stick to ha, or if I'm really laughing, like spit water out, it's bah. Oh, yeah, that's big. Or B-H-A-A. Do you ever do ha, ha, ha? Occasionally, or just the laughy face. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do the sideways laugh face with the tear emojis. That's a good one. I like to send that one often. Wasn't your mother, was it your mother that was sending that one to people when she thought she was sending crying? Yes. (laughs) That was my mom when she was like, they're so sad. I'm like, mom, that's, that's like laughing, crying. Yeah. It's not funny that person died. Reeling in. Turning our attention now to AI on the pros and cons list for AI. Add this to the cons side. Now it can steal your password just by listening to you type. A team at Cornell found out it is possible by training an AI to do it. They had it listen in while they hit each key on a keyboard 25 times. And it 
it was actually able to learn what each one sounded like. Wow. That they see. Here we go again. So think of it. That's something hackers could use if they were sitting near you in, sure. a, in a coffee shop or something or an internet lounge area. So the researchers basically created those types of conditions for this test. They used a phone to listen in on people typing. And the AI was able to guess which keys they were hitting with 95% accuracy. Then they tried it over Zoom. Because now you have that added like sure. poor quality effect. Yep. See if it can penetrate that. See if it can listen yeah. through that. And it was still right 93% of the time. Oh, wow. That's scary. That is but, but very it works. scary. It, it, it analyzes the sound each keystroke makes and also how quickly one key is typed after another. For example, it might take you longer to hit the X on your keyboard than the A. Mm-hmm. Experts say that's just more proof that how we log into stuff needs to change. Instead of typing passwords in, things like fingerprints and automated password managers will be the way to go. Wow. I was watching a documentary last night on airline disasters on the Smithsonian Channel. Okay. <laughs> and one of the inv- I was and they were watching the investigation, the NTSB investigation process trying to de- trying to determine what happened because mm-hmm. they were only able to call so much evidence from the wreckage itself. Now they have the cockpit voice recorder, mm-hmm. which is horrible quality. You can barely make out what the pilot and the co-pilot are saying to each other leading up to this event Mm -hmm. but what they are able to pick out even easier than the voices themselves is the whir of the engine or in this case the propellers they can Mm. tell the speed they can tell whether or not the engine is powering down and it's so subtle and you can't hear it with a human ear but you can look at the wavelengths on an audio file. You've, you've seen an mm-hmm. audio file when you record something and you can visually see the wavelengths and mm-hmm. they can tell simply by looking, at, looking that. at that and they can tell whether or not it coincides with, you know, an alleged event. And it was, That's pretty cool. it was fascinating how they were able to pinpoint what actually went on, what was assumed and what actually happened yeah. simply based on audio huh. and crappy audio with that. What do you know? Uh, we should probably take a break here, but coming up, there's a YouTube video that's making the rounds where people are asked to share their unpopular opinions. Some <laughs> of them are not so unpopular, but it, it'll definitely start an argument. I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. Yeah, there's no question. It gets fired up as we continue. Jeff and Jen, Q102. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.